Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 113 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, this might be one of our shortest rundowns I've ever seen, but it is necessary to do an episode because BlizzCon Online just happened. We got BlizzCon in February for the first time ever. Um... And it was fun. It was a, it was a good. It was a nice little time. We got a bunch of Overwatch League news, which we're gonna go over first. And we got we got a good amount of Overwatch Two news. And I will say more Overwatch Two news than I thought we were gonna get after like the opening ceremony didn't have any mention of it whatsoever, which was sad. Yeah, that was trying to fake us out or something. I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I think it made sense once I watched the actual Overwatch Two content, which was a behind the scenes thing. I was like, yeah, what were they gonna say in the opening ceremony out of this? Like, it was just a bunch of things that like are probably gonna happen, but aren't exactly confirmed yet, and like just some behind the scenes looks. So, made sense in the end. But Joe, let's first get into the Overwatch League news that we got here. Um, I think first overall the first piece of news we got and I think this was um maybe the first day of BlizzCon yes I think or no second day this was right before Shock versus the World basically um they released the championship skin for the San Francisco Shock which I think is like the earliest we've gotten a championship skin if I recall um I feel like most of them have been like a good month or two into the season at least but it's a Roadhog skin, and it's pretty damn cool, and it actually has the San Francisco SF on it, which I think people were asking to happen because the two previous skins had almost no resemblance of um, the team that won. So, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Is this an instant buy for you, Joe? Um, yeah, I think it will be. You know, for the for the collection, you know, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to because I, I had to go back and think about what the other ones were because they had the Doomfist skin, uh, it was like Lightning Thunder or whatever Doomfist, um, and then of course Spitfire Winston. Um, that 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 was a cool idea too, which you just kind of had to for the sake of London. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, pulling out the Roadhog, um, you know, to to commemorate the um, uh, the Hog like, meta t- at the end. Yeah, the the two week <laughs> meta we had at the very end of the season. Um. And yeah, yeah, it's super nice looking. It's almost like um, you get a free golden weapon, basically. Yeah, it's very uh, golden. If you if you don't already own it for for Roadhog. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be super nice. And they didn't uh, uh, they didn't tell us with a date um, what time it'll be available. But before the beginning of the season, apparently. So. Yeah, really cool. I think I think it was a smash hit, at least from what I saw. I I like it a lot. Um, and as a player, as someone who plays Roadhog pretty often, I, I'm loving it. I'm definitely getting it. Um, okay, what else was next? Next was um, Aftershock versus the World. I guess Shock versus the World happened. I don't know if you have much to say about that, Joe. I don't really have much to say. It was a fun little event, I guess. Um, I didn't enjoy it like that much to the point where I'm like, everyone should go watch it. But it was a nice little event to put on. Um, yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, the the uh, I think my favorite part of of the event was probably the uh, Lucio one v one. Oh yes, between <laughs> Krusty and uh, Lucio Dad, who presumably has a name, uh, but they never used his name in the nope. entire broadcast. It was like, yeah. it was just Lucio Dad. His first um, name is Lucio. His last name is Dad. Jeff, come on. Yeah, uh, I guess there's a link to the original tweet, but. Um, yeah, anyway, but that, that was that was 
very entertaining to watch. I had a smile on my face there through that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and through watching that whole time. Krusty was hilarious in that. I didn't expect Krusty yeah. to be the entertaining part of that, but he was hilarious during it too. Um, that was very fun watching them struggle. I feel like it went on. Like I, I felt like they weren't exactly focused on the capture of the flag aspect for a very long time on it. Um, and then yeah. they started finally scoring a bunch of points towards the end. Um, yeah, you know, when it's 1v1, it almost became more about, you know, uh, who gets the first kill than, yeah. than the flags, because you can't score well. Yeah. Uh, the other person's holding your flag, so. It's yeah. true. Um, okay. Well, after Shock versus the World, which the World ended up winning, um, they announced some 2021 season, the starting date, stuff like that. An article released on Overwatch League with a bunch of uh, reveals on what, how exactly the season's going to be working. And um, it looks like it's basically going to be very similar to how they were doing it towards the end of last year. They were going to have a May Melee again, a Summer Showdown, a June Joust, uh, which is a new one, and a Countdown Cup. Um Four different tournaments throughout the year, with three weeks leading up to the tournaments, um, called qual and their qualifying rounds. Um, and basically, and it's interesting this time because not, um, it doesn't look like every team is really going to be making those tournaments this time around. Which last year, every single team would make the tournament um, based off the qualifiers they just seeded based off of your record. But it's looking like in NA, only the top six will make it. And in Asia, only the top four, which is half of, of Asia uh, out of the eight. So that's an interesting new little twist, which I enjoy a lot because it, it kind of just even especially with the playoffs. I, I really hated the fact that we just kept um, seeing all these bad teams being able to perform, even though the team I work for was able to make the playoffs and do well <laughs> in it because of that. Um but yeah, and it, it basically the top, they'll take the top two from the West and the East in those regional knockouts, and they'll be taken to a global tournament for, for all four of these, um, which the top two West teams here in America will be flown to Hawaii, um, which is nice and very cool, and I'm really hoping the Boston Uprising make it so I can go to Hawaii. Uh, yeah. But yeah, what do you do? You, do you like this, Joe? Do you like this little format they got going here with not everyone makes these tournaments, and also we get to see East versus West every single tournament? Yeah, I think that makes. Um, uh, yeah, in terms of the the qualifying, first of all, I think that makes good sense, um, and particularly since um, uh, each team will only have like I think three, or three or four matches. Um, uh, four I want to say I each. Think, yeah, each team will have four per tournament per qualifier. tournament cycle. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and yes, yeah, so, you know, because that's not that's not tons, but um, I think that's all the more reason to uh, you know keep it a, a little limited. I think that there's value there. Um, yeah, to get the top half of the West, top half of the East, um, sort of in the the potential there to qualify, um, and it sort of goes into. You, you combine the tournament system with their um, uh, league point system, which is uh, they, they announced in that same article that it's the it's the regular qualifier matches matches that will uh, earn you points for for the postseason and, and and you know league standings as well as um, you know like the finals of these of these four midseason tournaments. Um, I, I think part of 
if if I remember right, part of the the deal was actually I don't think I don't think that's correct. But uh, but in terms of that, the 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 first few matches of the tournament events um, don't matter except for getting you to like the finals or the semifinals. Uh, and, and so you know, in that in that sense, it's uh, not as important that every team be there. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you have a, a hot streak of you know three or four matches, um, the, you have the potential to um, to do really well in one of these tournaments. I think that's kind of the the structure they want, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether there's patch change that comes through or or whatever um, um, that's favorable for you, I think that that makes good sense to have it a little bit more um, contained, but then with having um, you know the, the lead points and stuff to carry carry through broadly. Yep, and the league points. If you're a soccer fan or any or sports fan, it'll be especially familiar if you're a soccer fan. I think this is uh, heavily like European soccer league style league points. You basically just you're gonna get one per win in qualifiers. You'll get one point, um, and then basically the tournament. How league points works is if you get first place in the tournament, you win three league points. Second place, two league points, and third place gets one league point. Um, which I believe is overall. So that's, since it's global now, it's going to be first overall out of the entire East and West. So only three yeah, teams so. will be getting points this time around. Whereas last time, since the West and East were separate, both of those divisions were like getting extra points because of it. So yeah, that's that's a pretty big difference as well. So yeah, and they do mention regular season match wins, not including tournament wins, is the tiebreaker um, for making playoffs at the end. So if you did get a good amount of your league points from winning a tournament, but you won less regular season matches than the than the team you're going up against in the tiebreaker, you're not going to win that tiebreaker. Um, so pretty interesting there, too. Um, as far as playoffs go, it's... Not too much information specifics were shown, but I think it's going to be pretty similar to last year, except not everyone makes it. It's it's going to be pretty similar to the format we're seeing during these tournaments throughout the year, is what it seems like. Um, and teams will make it based off how many league points they have. Yeah, they uh, um, spe- specify broadly the top three um, North American teams and the top two teams from the East um, will get uh, automatic bids into that um, eight-team um, playoff tournament uh, based on league points, and then there'll be a play-in for the uh, last three spots, um, two from North America, one from Asia, um, and they'll, they'll do that somehow. <laughs> okay, that'll be interesting to see. That's not that much information quite yet. Um, this year, broadcast times actually um, is a big change as well. I think they are catering more to the European fans and specifically, I think it's it's because um, two teams are actually playing out of Europe this year, so they have to. Um, and yeah, basically, we got games mostly starting at twelve at noon Pacific time, three Eastern stuff like that. Um, not too many late games uh, whatsoever this this year, as far as the West goes. Um, and I think most games are happening uh, Saturday, Sunday, and then yeah. Um, so you can you can go on the Overwatch League website, see the full schedule now, see see what times everything starts, um, stuff like that. Uh, really exciting! Like the entire schedule's on there, so go check it out. 
Yeah, should be fun. Yeah. Actually, Fridays as well. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah I didn't realize that uh, uh, what presumably London and Paris are uh, <laughs> uh, playing for Europe. That'll be cool. Oh, yeah. Um, to, to get, I mean, it makes sense because, um, you know, with with European rosters, I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's the helpful thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if they've even officially announced that. I literally just assumed that because they have European players now, they're going to go back. But oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does make sense. Um, yeah, yeah I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. And um, it might be good to set up there yeah. now if they're assuming next year they're going to go back to home stands. It might be good to finally uh, set something up this year. Who knows? It's true. Um, my uh, other comment is interesting just to think about um, uh, lo- logistically because again they've got I think 16 matches um, in the regular season at all um, which seems like less than it's been in the past um, um, and again because a lot of you, it's definitely the least amount yeah because they're taking a lot of time for the for the tournaments um, it also means you've got a little bit of um a little bit of variety in scheduling too because like in north america with um 12 teams in north america i believe yes, 12 um so you, you know you'll play you know 11 round robin matches uh plus five uh and so there's there's a little bit of a randomness there about who your your five extra opponents might be um in a similar situation in asia but i mean um you know that's that's not any more significant than uh you know rolling the dice on uh, your four matches of any one month, as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Asia's uh, so that a, feels good. Asia's a little more interesting because you will play some. You'll play two teams three times, I guess. So. Because um, yeah. there's seven other teams. Yeah, seven, fourteen, and then two extra games. Yep. So. Yeah, that's how that's how it looks like it's going to look. And yeah, that's definitely I think the least amount of games we've had in a regular season because the first season was like forty games per team. And then I think they moved to like 27. I'm not sure how many last year ended up being, uh, but they were aiming for 27 again. So this is like the first year where they just aimed for 16. And I think it's because of that tournament format mainly. Um, and I guess that if you don't start till April, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's another reason. And, you, that too. and you're still aiming for that September playoffs like you usually want. So, yep, that's what'll happen. Um, but only other things we mentioned, prize pool is up there. I don't know. It, the total prize pool is 4250000 I don't know what the previous years were or how that compares, but I'm assuming it's around the same as usual. Um, yeah, 1.5 million grand prize. I think that's what it was last year. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's pretty much the same. I think I would have heard if it was otherwise or less than before, so... Um, as far as hero pools go, this is actually an interesting thing as well. Two of the four tournament cycles are going to use hero pools. June Joust and Countdown Cup actually are going to be using hero pools, um, which is the second and fourth tournaments in the in the season. Uh, playoffs are confirmed not to have hero pools. May Melee Summer Showdown playoffs won't have hero pools. I'm very interested that they even kept hero pools around, Joe. Um, I thought pretty much the consensus was hero pools weren't that great last year. So um, I, I don't know why they kept them around, but they are. And I guess it's not that big of a deal. It's a nice change up every other tournament. But yeah, that's I, I, I'm surprised, honestly. I'm very surprised. Are you surprised, Joe? <laughs> yeah, to see it a little bit. 
but then, you know, when I was, um, upon further reflection, I think it makes some kind of sense, because uh, it, it did have the, the entertainment value, for sure, and I think, um, uh, it'll definitely help in, um, the, you know, shaking up metas if they, if they have sort of a slow patch cycle or whatever, um, but, and I think, because part of the issue with Hero Pools as they were implemented in Season 3, uh, I, I think was more about um, the the inconsistency. And, you know, they, they tried it for, you know, you know, one week this way, and they tried it for another week a different way. Um, and obviously, uh, putting that into um, competitive matches and stuff too at the same time. But, but if you go, um, you know, consistently and planned and... Um, you know, they know exactly which months will apply and how the heroes are going to be decided. Um, it's 10% or more playtime, presumably in the um, in the pre yeah from the previous tournament cycle. Um, is how they're going to pick the heroes that are eligible for that, and so I think that's um, that may make it go down a little bit easier with um, um, if not with the players, with the fans, I think at least, uh, knowing that there's there's some consistency and there's some some rules there, um, rather than just ra random heroes. Yeah, and, and clearly just going, you know, we're just going to change the rules as we go and see see what see what's fun, you know. Mm -hmm. um, th th there'll be some value there, I think. Oh yeah, I agree. Well, I'm just, this got me super hype. We have a schedule now. Whenever we actually have a schedule, that's when I get extra hype because i'm like there it is it's on the calendar it's happening april 16th start date i don't even know if i said that did we say did i say the exact date it's starting april 16th by the way yeah there you go <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did specifically but yes april 16th yeah so just under two months it's still far away but it's coming it's coming so it's coming so close that me and joe are going to start previewing teams next year next week i mean next year next week exciting <laughs> Yeah, we'll do the first three North American teams, I believe, next week. Um, and yeah, the whole thing, the regular season will be done by the end of August. So. Yep. Another September playoffs. So, uh, exciting. But yeah, that was pretty much um, pretty much all the Overwatch League stuff we got there. Uh, next up, we'll just talk about Overwatch 2, uh, which there was a nice little behind-the-scenes thing. To be honest, going into this BlizzCon, I... I didn't want to have any expectations, basically, because we all, I don't know, even Jeff said don't expect much at BlizzCon, and yeah, it wasn't even in the opening ceremony. I expected at least something in the opening ceremony, but Overwatch, the only one of Blizzard's titles to just be absent from that, which was definitely interesting, um, but I think, as I said earlier, once I watched the behind the scenes, it made more sense to me. And honestly, I'm I'm pretty excited for Overwatch 2, not only for the PvP stuff, but for the PvE stuff. I think when Overwatch 2 was first announced, the PvE stuff looked just fine to me. But um, after this, I got really excited. They, they hyped me up big time. There's tons of cool stuff in there. I think it's, it seems like a legit good story that they're writing. Um, yeah, overall... This made me super excited. If you haven't watched it, I'm pretty sure it's on their YouTube. Go watch it right now. I think it's a really cool behind-the-scenes look, and it reminds you like it reminds you why Blizzard does what they do the way they do it. They take their time. They want to polish things, and it's because they're so passionate about this. They don't want to just give us a half-assed product um, in the end. So yeah, Joe, what do you overall think about it? Yeah, I know. Um, 
Uh, I know PlatChat has a, has a similar view. Um, I, I saw on Twitter before we started recording um, that the the commentators there are pretty hyped about it. But uh, but yeah, no, I I, I think um, uh, yeah that the first of all that that presentation was super nice. Um, I think uh, a lot of what they showed was you know pre-recorded rather than having some kind of live live panel it seemed. But mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, showed us uh, lots of details. We saw um, a bunch of new maps. Um, we saw. Uh, just you know, throwing out details. A bunch of new maps. Saw uh, one for um, there's one for India based off of the recent um, Symmetra story. Um, that'll be a, a PVE map. Um, there was I can't even think of these. New York uh, City, baby. Yeah, New York City. There was um, wasn't there another one in Europe somewhere? Like yeah, uh, Rome. Rome. Yeah, Rome. Rome was a Rome looks like it's gonna be a cool one. They were. Yeah. Uh, they were hyping up the visuals in that in that map in particular. Um, both of both of them look really cool. Rome and New York City, like those, got me immediately hyped. I was like, oh my god! And Toronto still looks great, which we got to see before. We got to see yeah, more of the, it. the push the push map. Yeah, I'm um, super and, excited and, for push. By the way, push push is looking like it's going to be fun. Yeah, and it, I guess they didn't explicitly mention that um, in the in the video, but I guess since they introduced that last year, we we kind of know what's up with that. Um, uh, but yeah, the, and talk about art. You know, we got to see some of the new um, uh, sort of reworked default skins for McCree and Farah and Widow and Soldier. <laughs> I'm just, just uh, trying to remember this off remember this off the top of my head. But uh, uh, Reaper, Reaper was the other one, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, new skins are cool. Um, and just in terms of of shaking stuff up a little bit. Um. I think one of the one of the coolest parts for me was um, hearing about some of the, the mechanical changes they've been messing with, though. And you know, they're very, uh, very, very clear to point out. You know, all of this is is super theoretical. And this is kind of just what we're messing with. Um, but whether that's um, all the all the different changes in PVE, like multiple skill trees of heroes, you could um, that you can go through. Um, and even just the the replayability of I'm just gonna keep talking at this point. Uh, the replayability of of those uh, uh, the hero missions that you get sort of experience to to unlock different PVE things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I liked that they were um, the, the they laid out I think explicitly um, that you know they'll they'll have hero missions on every you know map that exists in like different ways. Um, I think it says like you know you might might visit different parts of uh, King's Row was the example they used, um, you know that you haven't seen before to do this hero mission or another, yeah. um, and they'll have different time different times of day, um, and different well weather. Different, yeah, yeah, yeah. Weather systems they showed off. Yeah. Um, Which I know is like a hot topic yeah. with like the competitive community is whenever they see the weather things they're like please don't do this in PvP and it's like they're not <laughs> they're not doing it in PvP man it's, yeah. it's PvE but it looks amazing um, the snow and all the and the sandstorms they all look super cool uh, but yeah I mean you're you're summing it up here Joe you just keep keep listing things because there's tons of things they just went nonstop and I didn't expect so much from the PvP side one you didn't mention was like they're messing with tanks and making them like they give they they're testing out ryan having two fire strikes and being able to cancel his charge 
um, <laughs> which which they showed in the video had some really like cool moments of um, it just like looks really cool to see Ryan stop his charge like right before the edge and like make everyone drop off or like stop his charge once the whole team is grouped up and then earth shatter all of them and stuff like that was just super cool to see um another huge thing uh they mentioned 2cp maybe not returning and then it was confirmed later by jeff kaplan that it is definitely not going to be in overwatch 2 competitive no 2cp it's dead rest in peace 2cp and it they mentioned it being replaced by another mode, but they did not specifically say it would be replaced by push, which got me a little interested that maybe they're trying to create another mode alongside push to join Overwatch 2 here. But immediately, what are your reactions to 2CP going away? Are you a 2CP hater, Joe? Um, I mean, uh, I never was quite a hater. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely a weird mode, um, and it, it's one that... Um... Uh, in lots of ways, is is not. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's an understatement, I guess. But you know, in a lot of ways, is not conducive to um, to to the kinds of play you see on other kinds of maps. Um, I, I am looking forward to see you know just for um, for uh, experimentation's sake, you know, what they're able to do with those maps because I'm sure they're not going to throw away the two CP maps. Um, so to, to see what what they end up doing with that, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I think Jeff. Uh, but yeah, Jeff. Uh, Jeff mentioned I, I, I did notice that too. That, stuff. Um, uh, I, I don't know what you're saying, but uh, <laughs> I did notice that too. That they um, did explicitly not um, say that that was going to be overwritten by push. You're right, and so. Um, yeah, so another one of the many questions we still have, but yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah. Um, uh, I, what did I say again? Oh, yeah, I said, <laughs> I, well, I said Jeff, it's the, Jeff said they're going to be in the game some way, whether that's through quick play or in arcade somehow. So, well, which, is, which is nice because I do love the aesthetic of a lot of the, like, I love Hanamura's one of my favorite maps aesthetically. I love Temple of Anubis too. So, it's kind of sad to see them go, but overall, I, I do think two, two CP was probably the weakest mode. I know they were like fan, like Monte Cristo used to love two CP as far as competitive over like watching it in Overwatch League. I think he would admit that he hates playing it, but he loved watching it. <laughs> I can somewhat agree with that. I think it was a pretty fun mode to watch, especially after they made a good amount of changes, so we weren't always just watching people stagger to the point. Um, but yeah, they just, I just, just watch, don't listen to us talk about it. Like it's cool just seeing what everything looks like, seeing all these new maps. Cause there are so many new maps, whether they're PVE maps or PVP maps that they showed off. Um, they showed off Sojourn a little bit too. That list just keeps going on and she has a rail gun. She is not a support. I know a lot of people thought she was going to be a support after she was first announced in 2019, but she is a DPS with a rail gun. Um, and Jeff mentioned that the uh, the devs just are addicted to playing her, apparently. And uh, her railgun's just super fun to play with, a bunch of different ways to play with it. So uh, she looks re really fun to play as well. But, yeah. yeah. There were um, uh, you know, some other things that they didn't explicitly mention um, on the stream, but that you could still see in 
um, in screenshots and stuff. Uh, for example, apparently, I, I didn't go through to verify this, but apparently if you go through all the footage, um, uh, you never see more than five players on a team, uh, oh. which which is interesting. Uh, it sort of could be um, um, hinting at, and, you know, maybe internal builds, at least right now, are 5v5, uh, which would be uh, obviously a big change. Uh, they were thinking about changing up the tank role already, um, uh, you, you know, maybe making um, even even like the name, calling it more of a brawler designation, and so maybe just having one of those heroes um, um, on a team that would certainly be an interesting, um, <laughs> interesting development. Interesting. I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah, I didn't notice it. I just there's somebody else um, <laughs> on the internet posted about that. Um, that could be a big change. I, I would yeah. feel sad for the off tanks or main tanks of Overwatch League. Yeah, would no true. longer have a starting position, but man, that yeah, yeah. might be a big move. It's true. We go from like uh, pull a Call of Duty League. Yeah. This this season, all the teams had to drop a player, or a lot or, of did. I don't know if they had to, but yeah, they just had to start less players, which is very interesting to do. Uh, it doesn't seem like it ended up being that big of a deal in the end. It was kind of sad at the beginning, but it feels like everyone thought that was the right choice. It just like sucked because. They saw a bunch of people lose their jobs, basically. But um, that might be the right choice for Overwatch as well. Who knows? I, we'll see. What, I mean, they didn't explicitly announce it at this thing, so maybe it isn't quite yet. They they haven't figured it out quite yet. But, yeah. I mean, God, just so many great, exciting things in here, including just a ton of cool story stuff. You mentioned the hero uh, missions, but also... Um, they they said that one of the biggest criticisms they got at BlizzCon 2019 was that all the enemies were kind of generic, which I agree with completely, especially when I'm playing just the Overwatch PvE content that comes out every once in a while now. It just felt like the enemies were just robots and I didn't really care about them. And they showed off a bunch of new designs for enemies in the, in the story mode and they were all really cool, unique, almost their own characters of themselves, the best one being the Polar. Clearly, uh, the polar is really cool. But yeah, that just a bunch of promise, really promising story stuff as well. Mentioning like depending on what character you're playing as or what characters you're playing as in the story mode, it'll shake out differently and you'll get different interactions than other people would. Like it definitely seems like they're bolstering out this game a ton. They're hiring a ton of new people and it makes complete sense to me that this game is not out this year. And in my opinion, I might not even, like, based off what I saw here, it, they might not even need more time, like 2023 maybe, I would say. So we'll see. I'm not even mad about that, though. I feel like most people <laughs> would be mad about that. I, like, after seeing what I saw today, I was like, I do want this to be a very polished, good experience. I can wait. Yeah, and the uh, uh, <laughs> we, we still haven't even touched on things like the sound changes and the UI changes. Oh, yeah. They had a whole big... A whole big uh, um, segment about about the sound and they they were redoing all the gun sounds um, and it's going to be variable depending on the environment you're in, um, yeah. um, crazy stuff. But but yeah, I think that was that was a big point that I came away with too was, um, and I think even in the IGN interview that Jeff did, he mentioned it um, that yeah after after BlizzCon 2019 um, when the game was initially announced, I think a lot of people had. Um, the wrong impression about what this game was going to be. Um, I, it, it, I mean, 
I'm, I'm sure we even talked about it on the show. I forget all, I forget what all we said, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, is this going to be um, the you know a bunch of a bunch of archives missions that you'll 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 buy for DLC, or you know exactly how that's going to work? Um, and you know the confusion about um, you know keeping Overwatch one players in the player base. I think that's that's a valid thing. Um, I agree. That 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 was confusing, but um, but yeah, clearly this is a lot more. And you know, if Jeff has said it's a sequel once, he's said it a hundred times. Um, that, yeah, it's a lot more than than what we gave it credit for, but um, um, based on based on some of this new stuff, yeah, yeah. And it's weird. Like now we look back and we put that. Like I even remember saying myself as like, is there enough here to call this an Overwatch sequel? And I think that's because we were just assuming that it was going to come out soon. Um, but I think in the back of Jeff's mind, he like knew like, no, this ain't coming out anytime soon. We're making a full sequel here. Um, but I think we just all in our minds were like, yeah, this Overwatch 2, this is coming out pretty soon. And um, what we saw at BlizzCon, that's basically well, all that's going to be in the game. And yeah, this isn't that much of a sequel. This is just DLC, like you said, Joe. Um, but now that we saw this, I'm like, yeah, this is a full game. I We need to change our mindset here that this is just DLC with like an updated engine for overwatch like this is a lot more they're taking um their chances to change overwatch fundamentally while they can because they can't do it in the middle of overwatch like they can't just say okay overwatch has changed now we're doing 5v5 and stuff like that it's just such a big change whereas when you're making overwatch 2 you can make those big changes and it'll be less jarring to the players because they're they expect big changes it's a sequel um, but yeah, I'm excited to hear more about this. Jeff said that we're going to be hearing more this year. Last year was like, they closed their mouths. They weren't allowed to say anything. This year, Jeff said, we're finally going to be keeping you updated throughout the year. So that's exciting as well. But yeah, this episode ended up, ended up being a lot longer than I thought it would, Joe. Um, you got anything else to say about Overwatch 2? I'm sure there's tons we missed. Uh, yeah, other than, yeah, definitely go watch the thing. It's, it's free, unlike, um, I know in the past you've, you've had to years, get, like, a yeah. virtual ticket to see all the BlizzCon content, but I believe it's all on YouTube. Yep. Um, even the, even the non-Overwatch-related stuff. Um, yep. so yeah, go watch that. And we did have, um, sort of a side note, there was a live patch, um, to the game since oh, we yeah, last, yeah. uh, since we last had a show, uh, which is the same as the experimental patch that went through, um. So there were changes to uh, Orisa and Reaper and Wrecking Ball and that might have been it. Um, the more, only think. change from the experimental patch was that Reaper now only does 5.5 damage per pellet instead of uh, 6, which was the way it was for experimental. But okay. um, but yeah, nothing nothing out of the ordinary there, or nothing, nothing surprising there. Yep. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Thanks for bringing that up. But yeah. <laughs> hey, it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, exciting things to talk about. Yeah, well, next week we will be back, no matter how much news we have, at least previewing three North American teams. So come on back for that episode. I'm excited to finally start taking a deep dive into these teams. Um, and it's kind of getting scary, Joe. I, I, I hope we're saving LA Valiant for last because they don't even have a team to field quite yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, but gonna be exciting, definitely check us out next week and um, if you haven't already follow us on twitter my personal twitter is at jwgeorgeiv joe's is at kirkpatrick underscore inc inc 
Our show's Twitter is at OnTheFlankShow. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you guys for listening, and see you next week.